Hi, Soph. Hi. It's been a while. So we got on the old mic. Are you ready for this uh, week's question of the week where I ask you a random question I thought of while watching the show we're covering today? Mm -hmm, Let's hear it. What show, and I think I could answer this for you, so that's another reason why I wanted to ask it. What show did you watch thinking you wouldn't like and then loved? Like, kind of caught you off guard with your love for it. Hmm. <laughs> I should probably just go and look at the shows we covered this season. No, one. no, no. It's not one that we covered. Oh, one that we didn't cover? Yeah, no, well, this is just random. Like, I was just thinking. No, I know, but. Because, like, maybe it could be a pitch. Uh, maybe it will be a pitch. Or maybe it is one we covered. Because obviously the show we are covering today, I was like, I mean, this show's not for me. And now it's like, I'm going to get a tattoo of it on my body. Yeah. I didn't think that I would like single parents mm-hmm. or the Goldbergs. Ah, so you didn't think you were a sitcom lady. And, and then those two really won you over. Um, well, I just felt like those two particular were seemed very unrelatable to me. Yeah. I kind of have a problem with sitcoms where it's like, I don't, I don't know. I, I just sort of, if I don't, can't connect to the character or the world, like it's just not as funny to me. And then I'm like, why am I even watching this? Um, and I'm like, not a single parent and I'm not like, I wasn't alive in the eighties. So like none of it, like, I was like, I don't, I just don't really know if I'm going to get it. You know what I mean? Like that was just the thing, but no, they were great. (laughs) It's insane to me how much I miss single parents. That's a good one. Miss that show every day. I thought you were going to say Lucifer because you like joke talked about it and then you like legitimately Lucifer. talked about it and then you started quoting the Bible to me. So I thought <laughs> that that was a show that you were like, I'm going to watch an episode. And now you're like, it's like, well, Judea. <laughs> yeah. you're like, well, I was watching Sabrina and they talk about this. And I actually know from Lucifer, this like factual show uh-huh. that, so that's the one whenever I was typing this question, did I think? Well, in- but with Lucifer, I, I just wasn't sure. Yeah. I actually don't remember good. why I started watching it. <laughs> um, but the problem, but the thing with Lucifer is I wasn't sure. And then I continue even to this day to not totally be sure. Like, I'm pretty sure I was like pretty deep in like the last season, not the one that just dropped, but the one before that, before I was like, okay, like, I guess this is a good show. Like it took me so long, way too long to decide. Yeah. I feel like your Lucifer was like my vampire diaries. Where I was like, haha, I'm watching it like just to pass the time. And then I was like, okay, so when they were in the prison world, and like, and then I like, yeah. like it's like uh, that Mormon blogger, uh, Rachel Parcell, just threw a, th- a vampire themed, a vampire diaries themed birthday party for her sister. And I was like, oh, that would be fun. Like, I don't even <laughs> like themes. Yeah. Um, so that's one that we didn't cover that I like was like met about and then fully obsessed with. And mm. then um, the end of the fucking world. I did not think I would like, and then ended up loving and like definitely highly recommend it. And then ones we've covered Mad Men, which I know I pushed for, but like, if you go back and listen to our episode, which if you've already listened to it, you don't need to re-listen. And if you haven't, it's a fun episode of like our kind of like controversial episode of like shows we just like don't like. Um, Yeah. We were both like, I was so meh about Mad Men. Like, yeah, maybe like I could give it a shot. And like, I like the actors. And now I'm like literally sitting under a picture of like Joan Betty. I and, and uh, I thought Peggy. about Mad Men. Yeah. When you asked the question, well, but okay. My thing with Mad Men was that I did try it yeah. and I didn't like it. Right. The first time. 
And then now it's like you had a Mad Men themed birthday. And then I had a Mad Men themed birthday and I was like, you know what? The misogyny is like ironic. Yeah, you're like, it's not true. It's just like, not, it's like, that was another time. It's all pretend. There's those, um, I know I made you watch some last Christmas, but that YouTuber where he'll watch like the first episode and the last episode of something and just like judge it solely off of that. And I just think of how many shows I would think were so stupid if you miss like the six seasons in the middle. If you're like, right. Like, here's like the first episode's good. And sometimes the last episode is like, I think finales are usually shit. Like, I don't typically ever yeah. love series finales. Um, but yeah, no, that was my I question. Agree. Because the show we're covering today, Sex Education, literally injected in my veins. And I don't know if we ever released the audio of us talking about it being, like, when you were like, we're going to, like, record Sex Education next week. I think I was like, okay. Like, yeah, I'll start it after this. Woohoo! Also, another one I'll add, and then I'll stop talking is a show I didn't think I would love as much as I did is Insecure. And that's a show that like over time, mm-hmm. I love more and more. Like I love it like upon mm-hmm. like thinking about it. Like it's just such a brilliant show. And I think it gets lumped yeah. in with like, like a black LA version of girls. And it's like, so not that. Yeah, um, no. It's so much better than that in like my mm-hmm. opinion. No, and so with I the agree. final season coming up, and I guess once this episode comes out, it'll just premiered. Um it's just a show that like sits really well, which yeah. I just, I just really didn't know what I was getting into when I started it. That's fair. But all right. You ready to get in and talk about, talk about our episode today? Um, yeah. Hang on. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because this AirPod just said goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie told me before recording this, she cuts those out. But if you are counting along, drink for every time Sophie has a headphone issue. This one, this one hasn't been working the whole time. I just kind of expected it to start working at some point. Yeah. And then it just said, I've never had just one say goodbye. I, I didn't know. Well, what? my AirPods die not at the same time, like ever. Like one dies like an hour before the other one, but they don't speak to me. They just do well, the like, do. <laughs> Oh, so these these are the cheapo like school candy ones or whatever. Mm-hmm. J Lab. They so they I guess I'll plug it in. Um so they're off brand. Um, but you know what? They only cost $30. And for something that I feel like I'm probably gonna lose, it was low risk. But it, it my number one complaint. <clears throat> I mean they're poor quality because they're $30. <laughs> but my number one complaint is that they um other than the fact that they, they don't always work, like it'll go in and out, oh, like a wow. one and then the other, which is like kind of annoying. But like once you accept it, it's you're embracing it and it's fine. But it when they power on, and you know, it'll say like, welcome, battery yeah. full or whatever, or like Bluetooth connected, battery full, like that's what it says. And but like it just says full, like it, that's the only thing she's ever said. Oh, so it's not like, like battery half. full or battery low. Right. I wish she would say the percentage. Like battery is at 72%. That is what I want to know. I don't want to know full or and when it's like battery low, it's battery low alert for like at one minute intervals and then it dies. Like it's just there's not much. Yeah, I went into full or nothing. I have the like original AirPods, like the first generation ones or whatever. 
And I went in to get a new screen a few weeks ago. And I asked the guy, like, just while I was waiting, like, hey, what's like the life like span of these headphones? Like mine start, like I've noticed mine die really quickly. And he was yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I guess I got mine, I don't know, about like seven months ago. And I started to notice that. And I was like, what? I mean, I've had mine since my brother went off to college and he's a senior. So like for four years, like I've had mine four for years. maybe like a little bit less. Um, oh and I was like, <laughs> it's like when I, when, do you remember when they like returned the clothes to forever 21 and they were like, there's holes in these. And they were like, yeah, they're meant to be disposable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like their clothes. There's a word for that. <clears throat> I think it's like the number Like a one. retail word for that. It's like intentional like destruction or something like self-destruction <laughs> it's something like that no it's it's real thing. no no I fully believe especially it. in appliances it's mainly in appliances it's just like fashion makes up the number one pollutant like it's like the number oh, one yeah. thing in landfills yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. and forever 21 just like yeah no our clothes are disposable they're just like, biodegradable just like not for the earth just for your closet <laughs> but all right planned obsolescence oh my god that's what the word is. Uh, it's not a real thing. Also called built-in obsolescence. It's a policy of planning or designing a product with an artificially limited useful life or purposely frail design. So it becomes obsolete after a certain predetermined period of time. So I think there was actually like a humongous lawsuit about this at some point that I think had to do with printers, like office printers. Hmm. And if I remember correctly, the gist of it was like basically like they could design an office printer that didn't break so much, but they need like the printer companies were making so much money on the repairmen going out and repairing them mm-hmm. that they didn't like make better, like they could have made better machines, but they chose not to so that they could keep raking in the like maintenance fees basically. That's so insane. And also random that you said that because I just listened to that podcast about that just enough family about the guy who started the guy I texted you was like this. What are the odds of this? But I think those billionaires that you showed me their house is this family from the podcast. And you were like, no, that's the other side of the entire Island. Um, But that guy made his fortune in leasing um, office equipment because he used to not be able to like rent it. So if that's like the printer thing, like, yeah, they made billions of dollars on that. And they lost it all, but I haven't finished the podcast. So I don't know what happened. Oh, suspense. I mean, granted, this happened like 40 years ago, so I could probably just Google it, but. But where's the fun in that? Yeah, (laughs) got to stick along for the ride. I know, right? Um, Okay, well. Yeah, I'll stop talking about other podcasts. We can get our podcast started. Um, Yeah, Google the end of this one, guys. It's just our thoughts. (laughs) No facts here. (laughs) No facts at all, that's for sure. Hi, I'm Debbie. And I'm Maddie. And welcome to Single Best Scene. This week we're covering season three of Sex Education. So for those of you who don't know what sex education is, stop our podcast and go binge all three seasons. If you just want like a brief refresher, here is the like website synopsis of it, the Google synopsis. Um, Socially awkward high school student Otis may not have much experience in the lovemaking department, but he gets but he gets good guidance on the topic in his personal sex ed course, living with his mom, Jean, who is a sex therapist. 
Being surrounded by manuals, videos, and tediously open conversations about sex, Otis has become a reluctant expert on the subject. When his classmates learn about his home life, Otis decides to use his insider knowledge to improve his status at school, so he teams up with whip-smart bad girl, Maeve, to set up an underground sex therapy clinic to deal with their classmates' problems. But through his analysis of teenage sexuality, Otis realizes that he may need some therapy of his own. Well, we're kind of over all of that stuff by the time we get to season three, but that's what season one and two was, was mainly about. Mm-hmm. So just over like overview before we get into it, since this is not our traditional podcast format, would you rate season three positively or negatively? Did you like it? Did you not like it? What do you, what are you feeling? Yeah, I liked it. It was positive for me. What do you think? I liked it a lot. I have like a few complaints, but not even like big like I not even big complaints, but just like small things that I would have done differently, you know, if I was the showrunner. Um, but overall it was really good. I thought it was worth the wait. And I liked that it like didn't acknowledge COVID at all. Like it was really nice that it just was like, because also I think it helps being a show that is set in the UK. Um there was like it was just like very much high schoolers, right? Like high schoolers just care about high school. We don't really give a yeah. shit about anything else that's going on in the world. So I liked that it was that was the world that we were in. Yeah, I agree. I also thought it did a really good job of like introducing new characters, um, shedding light, like giving old characters like actual storylines while mm-hmm. still keeping the main characters moving forward. I feel like a lot of shows have a hard time doing that. Um, and I think they could have, I thought it was like a Maeve light season. Like there wasn't enough, there was not a lot of Maeve but I was really happy with the characters who got development. Yeah, I agree. It's like kind of my high, high level thoughts. Yeah. And I do want to apologize as we go into bits and jokes, because I I was so excited to watch this that I did not watch it with my laptop. And so I don't have a ton. I have like two quotes, but the entire show is fucking funny. So take our word for it. If we don't say your favorite joke. So if you want to, do you want to go into any, do you have like any runners or like bits that made you laugh? Well, for me, the emotional, I have two runners in fact, um, the emotional support goat, um, was definitely my, the first one that I wrote down, I was like, this was hysterical, mm-hmm. especially when the teacher was like, pointed out the thing of, he was like, you couldn't have gotten a hamster or like an ant farm or <laughs> like these easier things. Love Mr. Hendricks. I think he is so fucking funny. Everything he says He's is a joke. He's really grown on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I'll watch like the cast videos and they all say he's their favorite character. And the first, so like going into season three, I was like, okay, everybody loves Mr. Hendricks. Like I'm going to give him a, ch- a chance because like I didn't love him in season one or two. And he is actually very funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I didn't say, really like get him at first, but. No, I didn't get him either, but I did like him this season. And to go to your goat thing, I laugh every time I think about it, watch it in the trailer, watch it in the episode, the Maeve saying, who's this Amy saying Maeve that Steven, she says, no, Amy, the goat. Yeah. Because yes. Amy says it in such earnest. She's like, Maeve, that's Steve. That's like, Steve. And she's like, yeah, no shit. The goat. Like, why is there a goat in the car? <laughs> um, Okay, I love that Adam still calls Otis new kid. Yes. I love it so much. It makes me giggle. I like that every time it landed. What's on your face? And like Eric calling him oatcake. Love that too. Like I love the like endearing nicknames. 
Yeah. Um, I have a few, I have like more, like, I would say like runners and bits than jokes. Cause I also loved everybody making fun of that mustache. Fucking loved it. Yeah. It's only one episode. like unanimous making fun of the mustache. Um, yeah, that was very funny. Um, oh shoot. I just, well, the vulva cupcakes also like, just like Amy's whole, like, figuring out what she's gonna do with her life and deciding that again like baker banker like whatever like Uh committing to the baking thing but her little vulva cupcakes were just so funny and they like kept using them in like funny little ways her whole little journey with the vulva in addition was very funny that was like an entire b-plot of an episode but like it the baking of it all like that really ran through the season again too I just every time was funny well, and Steve, like doing the, like every vulva, like doing the hand system, yeah, like is unique and beautiful or whatever, when he has to sell the cupcakes. Um, I love swing band. The fact that they, this whole interaction, which I'm remembering when Hope walks into Mr. Hendricks and they're singing, fuck the pain away, which yep. what a, what a fucking brilliant, like what a brilliant song choice. An acapella group singing. Fuck the and I've listened to the much. real version of it. The acapella version is like by far my favorite, but Hope's like, what's going on here? And he's like, the students pick the songs. And she's like, do you think they should? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, good. I, uh, another runner, I guess, is Hope acting like she's the star of her own TED Talk all on the stage time. When she's on stage. Right? When she's on stage, she's got her, like, Britney mic and, like, the lights. And even just, like, her, like, Superman stance, like, that whole thing. Like, every time she's on that stage, honestly, she acts like she's in her own goddamn TED Talk. And it's just so funny to me. Like, and it's, like, such, like, a culturally, like, I think relevant thing to, like, sneak in there that isn't too dated. I think because it is kind of niche, right? Like, you can see this and not think, oh, wow, that was so to 2019 or 2020 whatever I mean maybe we will one day mm-hmm. but it's not like overtly TED talk so but yeah it's like seems like such the thing that like a 30 year old who was the youngest headmaster in England would be like aspirational to you know yes and I also loved that like some of the students saw straight through her yeah like they saw straight like I mean like they saw straight yeah. through her and then others were like no she seems like pretty cool and they're like yeah that's what they do before like I think Adam was the first one that was like yeah no this isn't we're not getting our way what? and like we're right. like, nope she's yeah. gonna, and Viv is like no 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 this is great yeah and everybody's she's like gonna eh. be different no yeah I after that like it very first um assembly with her I was like okay how is she gonna be evil <laughs> yes well we got to watch episode one together because I was in right. New York with you so we did mm-hmm. both be like this is not right it's this is too not good. gonna be, good. Gonna be true <laughs> what, what is her specific brand of evil gonna be because yeah. there's no w- way it was more evil than I was anticipating oh same and like pretty immediately like yeah. when she was like immediately racist I was like whoa yeah I will also I will say though it was really smart for them to like for the writers to like overcorrect so far the other way and make her like insane and mean because I don't think I had realized how Mr. Groff was running the school because that's like how we were introduced to it but like some of the things she was demanding like wasn't crazy 
No. Like right. you can't sing fuck the pain away and like tell them that you want the way the way they say titties to be different in uh-huh. the song. But yeah. like also you can't like straight up like lock kids in classrooms. Yeah, it it escalated. Yeah, because like some of it was like, okay, like the hair color thing, whatever. Like I understood some of her. Whatever. We're talking about funny stuff. We'll get to that hope shit down the line. Um, something else that just made me laugh, kind of speaking about hope, is how quickly Viv just like straight up took straight, like a uh, head boy from Jackson. Yep. I she's loved like, it. Great. I look cackled. <laughs> and he was like, seriously? And she's like, yep, it's going to look great on my CV. Let's she's go. Like, you don't give a shit. And I care a lot. Yeah. So, which is like, word. Like, yeah, it was like, way to go. And she like, didn't feel bad about it. And it didn't fuck up their friendship. Like, I loved that it wasn't a big deal. Like, he was mad, but, like. He was also, like, you're right. Yeah, he was. was, (laughs) Yeah. He was, like, this. I think, I think Jackson could see that, well, he didn't, like, hope immediately because she, like, thought that Adam was him. Like, just assumed that the head boy was sitting there was the white boy. Yeah. And so he he was a victim of her prejudice off the bat. So I think he probably wasn't like too too upset to not like have to work with her super closely. And I don't know if that if he only saw that part of her, which was what was making him like not so upset about it, or if he could see through her bullshit a little bit more and be like, I don't want to do this. Like you're gonna want like you're kind of like bringing down the hammer here and like I'm not that I'm not about that life so I he probably wasn't upset to let Viv be the mean guy something that I okay wait I will write it down so I will I'll think of it later I know I keep like trying to like not go into I'm trying to be better about yeah because I'm like I have so much to say about Jackson's (laughs) storyline writing in real time to make it less annoying for our listeners um, okay, back to jokes. Okay, so I have three more like um, not joke yeah. statements and then one quote. Okay, all right, let's hear them. Um, Amy straight up hitting Maeve's neighbor with a car. Oh, mm-hmm. didn't care at all. Such a bad. Oh yeah, um, Amy being a terrible driver was one loved of mine. it. And I also loved that she was like, my mom wanted to give me a car, so I said sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Otis's oh. makeover. I loved it so much. And I loved that Adam was like, you look bad. And like, you're, you're next too long for that shirt. Like, it's not good. Like Adam had opinions. (laughs) Um, uh, so I, yes, I also like Adam or Otis's makeover. I thought he looked amazing. I was like, whoever's styling this show is doing an amazing job. I thought he looked so chic. It was fantastic. It's that um, it put Anwar in like a full state of like despair where he was like, I have to find a new look because he's wearing a jacket that I wear. And now everything's that's, ruined. That's mine. Literally. It was like, his. And then he, he came in that like flame suit. Oh my God. So dramatic. Um, I, one of mine is all of the like, little ways that they sort of made Adam like a little more stereotypically gay Mm -hmm. um in season three like when they were on that date and he was like chimed in about the Kardashians 
Mm-hmm. Like he watched it with like, his mom. Because he watched it with his mom. Yeah. And we're like, okay. Okay. And his comment about his outfit. I was like, yes. Yes, Adam. Bring your opinions. I um I completely agree. And my last like funny thing that just like made me laugh that was not a quote or anything was when Anwar's face swelled up because of the condom and Adam just screamed in his face. <laughs> that was it's like, what's so wrong with your face? <laughs> oh my god, that was so oh, hard. it made me laugh so hard. Um my last quote is just Maeve and Otis like having kind of like this heart to heart sort of like, you know, why aren't we friends anymore? Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 all this stuff. And then ending with Otis going Maeve and her going, yeah, and she goes, it's called a mustache. And she just goes, yeah, no shit. No shit. <laughs> uh, I find that the shows I like the most, I like prepare for less because I like just genuinely want to watch the show. And I yeah. like forget to pull my computer out. And then it's like shows like, euphoria where I take like like a thesis level detail of notes because I'm like Uh I didn't watch this on my own and so without the computer it's like I'll forget it I don't know oh with for some reason with normal people and like (laughs) outlander those are the the shows that got me on thesis level notes like I have never taken so many notes in my life watching either of those two shows I mean, I think our outline Outlander is just so ridiculous. Yeah. That's the thing. It's so ridiculous. And like, it's so much drama is crammed into such a small amount of episode that like, unless somebody is watching it with you, like, it's going to be hard to piece. Like, I can't even like text anyone I know about it usually because I'm like, it's some tiny niche thing in that episode that is like gone by the next episode anyway. So yeah. it doesn't even like, it's hard for people to remember um, because it's just so jam-packed with like fucking random shit. I mean, I will never be so floored as when they were like, one character gets is getting raped in the other scene and then they're like, and this is George and Martha Washington. Yes. <laughs> just me being just like, what is happening? What is happening? Uh, and there's like open heart surgery in the next scene and then like a heist in the next scene. Like all of these things are happening simultaneously. Yeah, and then like so the villain much. like walks back through the door and you're like, and he's back. Oh, um, and the villain's back. One thing to say about Outlander before we move back is I was in my friend's wedding this weekend. Shout out to Bregan if she's listening. She and her husband now did the hand fast at the ceremony where they like tied their hands together and then they did the rope and they did some like Irish, like they did like a prayer. Irish? Scottish? Irish. I guess it was like, I don't know the history of it, but it was definitely what I saw in Outlander. And so, and they did like, which one of them is Irish? Both of them, like, both are very Irish. Whoa. So, um, but yeah, I was like in the audience, like hitting Brittany being like, this is from Outlander. And she's like, still in season one. I'm like, well, it'll happen in season four. You'll get there. You'll get there eventually. But anyway, do you have more funny things before we go to the sad things? Um, no, that's all for me. Okay. Sorry guys. There really are a ton of funny things this season. Just, you gotta, you'll have so to watch funny. it for God. Cause we didn't even write down anything Eric said. Um, I think, actually Eric screaming at the guy, he's like confronting Otis 
when his mom's in the hospital and it's like so yeah. sad and he's crying. And then he screams at the guy who tries to get like crisps. And he's like, can you not see we're having a moment? <laughs> we are very upset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, and like of G- the, sh- the, the shit on the bus. Okay. Yeah. The whole, the bus scene, the bu- that episode is like a whole separate topic. I have it just as my favorite episode. I'm like, I don't know what we have I to know, talk about the amazing. whole thing. Yeah, we'll we'll do that in like B plots. Um, even though it was like the entire plot of that episode. Um Jean like stalking Jakob. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jakob being like, I can fucking see you. <laughs> yeah. Like, is there a like, reason you've just been like hanging you, out? You've been driving by like every day. Like I'm not stupid. I have eyes. That was very funny. Yeah, like I know your car. Well, you texted right. me because we watched the first episode together and then I mm-hmm. had a flight back to Dallas yeah. and you didn't text me at all about the show, except I think all you yeah. said was, I love Jakob. Yeah. <laughs> I, love I was He's like, so dry. It's I was amazing. like, I can't wait to see why. <laughs> like, I know. So it was dry. like the, like the no, like the most non-spoiler spoil, like, you know what I mean? Like it was the most neutral thing you could That's say. That's thing. I didn't want to give you any spoilers. I wasn't sure if you'd watched it on the plane or not. And so I was just like, I'll just wait. No. So I, just... I know she's watched it. <laughs> but okay. So this season, I will say, I think had more sad moments than season one and two. Do you agree? Like there was more kind of emotion. Um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like all of the, every season has like a mix of like those sad stuff and the not sad stuff. Yeah, I guess I mean, it's just. Everything about Maeve's character is like pretty fucking sad. Yeah, that's true. Like every I guess season. I just have five runners up for most sad Jesus, this season. Okay. I so, only wrote three. <laughs> so <laughs> quite a few okay you go first what's your do you want to do your number one heartbreak and then we'll go into like the bonus heartbreaks um yeah and I'm gonna say that my um well I, I guess just like my number one was like a, once again everything having to do with Maeve's mom yeah yet yet again is just like horrifyingly sad because and like the a uh, foster mom like did finally like call her out on it she was like you're 6 17 whatever like you're like you shouldn't have to deal with any of this yeah like you're not equipped to and it's like ruining your whole life but yeah. like this isn't your job like you're a child still and like Maeve in no way has been living like that like she's been living like she's more functional than me at like 30 basically so like mm-hmm. It's so much responsibility and like all this shit. And her mom is just like the worst and like absolutely continues to be the worst this season. Yeah. Um, and like I feel at like this point, it's like also the sister gets dragged in, which like I know. compounds the whole thing. It's sadder know. when, like, because in season one, when it was just um, like kind of Maeve and Sean getting fucked over by Aaron, it was sad, but they like had each other and they had like school. But now that Maeve's fighting so that Elsie doesn't grow up like she did, it's so much sadder because she's coming mm-hmm. from like a place of knowing how that hurts her. Like Maeve mm-hmm. can see the ways that she's stunned in and doesn't want her sister to experience yeah. that. And yeah, that scene at the war for like at the wherever they were when when she was going to try to take her away 
And she's like, please let me take her back. Like let her grow up with like stability. And then I, I do feel like they try to like throw in random moments with Aaron where they're funny. Like when she makes Isaac paint her and like when she like gives Maeve the money, but I just, it, I think it really is an accurate depiction of a, like Like an abusive abusive parental relationships. Like it's not healthy and not safe for Maeve. No. And it's not consistent. Like that's what parents need to like. like, Oh, zero consistency. Um, Yeah. She's super like emotionally abusive to her and it's just, yeah, I've even forgotten about the money thing. Like, I think that they wrote it into that last episode as if like the money like absolved her a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't think so. What? Like a couple grand can't like. But I do think that's what these, what parents like narcissistic parents, like, I do think that is a personality trait that a parent does is like, I'm going to do all this stuff, but remember I gave you that money, like, but yeah. don't you forget that I gave you that money. And like, I mean, from a plot reason, they just needed to get Maeve to go to America. Sure. So, like, they needed to get her there, and I think... She could have gotten, like, a scholarship or something. They just... Well, the school fell apart. (laughs) It's all made up, though, right? Like, whatever. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, I agree. I I think because I love Maeve so much, I kind of glaze over how um, sad it is. You know what I mean? Like, I I think I watch her storyline a little bit with, like, rose-colored glasses. Yeah, well, she had to, like, parent Elsie this season. Yeah. Sort of. Or, like, be her, like, basically be her, um, like, CPS agent, sort of. Like, she mm-hmm. to be the buffer. Like, her advocate. Yeah, right. Which is just, like, again, not something a 16-year-old should have to do. Um, but. Well, like, when, when um Aaron kidnapped Elsie and the foster mom Anna called Maeve it's like it makes sense that that's who you'd call but I think that was such a brilliant scene because it showed just how different Maeve's two worlds were right like in one hand she's like dealing with her like um addict mother who's taken her daughter her sister and is like on the run and there's cops there and then in the exact same scene like Isaac and Otis are like having a pissing contest over her like very high school right and so it's really showing the juxtaposition of these two worlds and being like she's a child like Mm -hmm. those boys shouldn't be in the room like she (laughs) shouldn't be in the room yeah like they should be having that conversation somewhere else so I thought they just did a really good job of like actually showing us what Maeve went like goes through instead of just like living in a trailer park alone like reading feminist books <laughs> right yeah no I agree um, right, what's your number one heartbreak oh, my number one is for sure those fucking shame signs especially Lily's with Lily's, I put the shame signs on mine too that was number it was my number three yeah Lily's oh my gosh I, I've talked to a lot of people who don't really care for Lily like, I don't think she's like anybody's favorite character but good lord that broke my fucking heart and like yeah and then like the we got the like kind of backstory because like we didn't do the sex clinic story so the in the little cold opens were like the characters got yeah like a little bit of backstory so we got to see how lily became weird and like the shame sign like kind of compounded with her lack of communication with Ola this season. Like, I just was so sad for Lily. Like, and like Otis coming to her and saying like, don't treat anybody. I love that even when she's like in her most depressed self, 
um, she can't help but give out a shit. <laughs> I know. Uh, but he was like, you like deserve to be treated better than that. Like, don't make any, don't let anybody make you feel this way. Mm-hmm. Um, was just like really, I thought a really yeah, powerful I love their friendship. Um, same loved it. I loved the, I loved that he like Ola knew that she couldn't help. I thought that was a really good mm-hmm. like through line throughout the season was that the person that you're with isn't necessarily the person who's going to like help you make that click, right? Like Otis helped Ola and Lily by like being that conduit of conversation and helped Adam and Eric kind of like get through some of their conversation. Cause it's like, you can't put everything on one partner and expect them to know how to do it. And also sometimes things coming from people you're not in a relationship with don't hurt as much. Yeah. Um, um, okay. I pulled it up. Okay. I'm going to read Lily's shame sign for anybody uh, who forgot what her said. So um, I wrote dirty and disgusting words, which have brought shame on my peers. That is what Lily said. And then Adam said something about him being like dirty. Yeah. Adam. Unhygienic brought shame upon my school. It's for some reason, the only picture that came up. <laughs> I did laugh when Eric came back and, um, he was like, scra- and, um, Adam's like scratching his balls and he was like, what are you wearing? And it was like the shame yes, sign. <laughs> the shame sign. That like was hysterical. I also thought it was like very, uh, cool to see how it affected all different people. Like Adam has been so used to being kind of like put down that yeah, he was like, him. whatever. <laughs> He's like, cool. If this makes you feel like you're doing something as a teacher, I'll wear it. And like Cal, it just like really fueled their anger and Did like Cal had, gave, a sign? Cal had a sign about not wearing oh the uniform the uniform I don't remember exactly what their sign I don't said. think that they ever actually wore the sign they did because Adam was wearing it when they screamed when the assembly was happening and Hope was like take that fucking sign off but they didn't oh. uh, I don't think Cal no I thought Hope yelled to Adam about that yes yes I don't think that Cal ever wore it again off stage no. or that we saw them like, in it good for them yeah yeah right yeah that one staging I keep looking for pictures of that stage scene and like I can't find it so I guess we don't are not just knocking out the other ones I do remember Adam said like I am unhygienic yeah and something Cal seen as a girl still refuses to conform to the rigidity of the dress code and thus is a solvently troublemaker who doesn't care about their peers Adam, who took credit for the poop incident last episode, is unhygienic and put his peers at risk. And Raheem's attempt to defend him to say that the school shouldn't be the place of fear only gets him suspended. So those were what the signs said. So so brutal. What is your second heartbreak? Now that we're going, now we're going into bonus heartbreaks. Bonus heartbreaks. Yeah. Okay. My first bonus heartbreak was um, most surprising heartbreak, I guess, would be um Ruby's dad situation um oh, yeah didn't expect that didn't expect like I literally forgot Ruby was even a character <laughs> in this series and she was so prominent in two in three and I really enjoyed her getting more screen time I thought it was interesting to give her more time and I really like the way that they write her as the like most popular girl in school like I feel like it's a good mix of like stereotypical writing right like she's got a posse like she looks posh like whatever whatever but like they don't write the dynamics of their school as if she rules the whole school 
Yeah, I agree. Right? I, like, she's just, like, the hottest girl, and these are her minions, right? Well, like, no one's scared of her. And if they were in, like, season yes. one, it was, like, to set the stage of the school and, like, I think really to highlight Otis as the, mm-hmm. like, it would be insane that he would give anybody sex advice, you know? And then right. like, she's never, intimidating, but they're not, like, they never really, she's played, not, like, Regina George. They never really played into it. And even when they broke up, it was, like, that's so embarrassing that you got broken up by Otis, but it was always like Otis's status and never Ruby's. Um, Like everybody was like, nobody believed it. (laughs) Yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's like a, they just don't play into as many like American stereotypes. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But um, yeah, the whole finding out about her dad and like how much of a burden she has at home um, and that she never shows anyone her parents' house. Mm -hmm. Um. That was very sad. Another child that has to like burden a lot. Well, and Ruby had such a good arc this season. Mm-hmm. Like the way that she like um, let it, let Otis into her world with her dad and doing all that stuff and saying, I love you. And then the episode after with the school trip and like her feelings on that trip being like, I don't hate you. If I hated you, it would be easier to, to Otis when he was like, I know you hate yeah. me. And she's like, I don't like if I did then like I wouldn't be upset right um I will also do my most surprising heartbreak which was literally anytime Mr. Groff was on scene like on screen I felt bad for him really yeah like it was kind of funny at first but like the way his like his brother treated him like shit and then he started to get like some joy in his life and then Maureen can't fit like which I respect like Maureen's making the right decision and just like the the side by side of him having the realization that he never showed emotions because yeah, of his dad his as Adam's girl. not showing emotions and uh, like holding back tears in the kitchen. Like, I just, I just like was surprised that I like liked the Groffs and like felt bad for them. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Them. The Groffs like really rocked MVP. it this season. What yeah. The fuck? Yeah. Cause that goes into my next status, which was Adam's reaction to finding out Eric cheated on him. Fucking yeah. horrible. That was terrible. And I have gone on record to say I did not like them as a couple. I did not understand why everybody was glorifying them as like he was whatever. And this season really changed my tune. And I just, Adam really won me over. I, yeah, I still have a hard time. Like if I really think about the fact that Adam and Eric are like like I just don't understand how like you could be romantically like fall in love with your bully Mm -hmm. like it feels like if this was like a cisgendered relationship like this would never fucking happen right like yeah I've only ever seen it in same-sex couples because yeah because they did it in Pretty Little Liars too yeah it's like this like one of you like abused the other one emotionally minimum emotionally for what we are here to assume years yeah I'm trying but to think like one tree like, like they do more like bets I feel like in like um and like hetero couples where it'll be like I like I'm only dating you to like get to like xyz so like I'm yes. gonna date the like nerdy girl it's to like like, manipulating yes it's yeah, more yeah, manipulative yeah. and less like physical like, yeah, I feel like yeah. the physical Less like part one of, of them terrorized the other one. <laughs> yeah. Like it's more just like emotional. Like I want to be, a, I yeah. don't, I like want it to be a secret because like, you're not as cool as right, I am. Right, right. 
right, right, and not exactly, like exactly. like a pretty little liar is like I'm gonna drown you in a pool and then we're gonna like fall in love. <laughs> so wild. yeah, yeah. It's so so I you know and like at Adam aside, just like the them as a couple, I always kind of had a hard time buying because anytime I remember that, I'd be like, right, how did we get here? But whatever. Um, I was like pretty neutral about them being together. I, I did feel like they did a good job. I guess they did this on purpose. Now, once I got to the end, I was like, okay, this makes sense because I was feeling in season three, like Adam was sort of not growing enough. Um, it just sort of seemed like the same old Adam that we've always had around who like is resistant to most everything. And, um, I mean, yeah, he had his moment where like Eric, he was beating up on that cut in the first episode and Eric was like, you don't have to hit people. Yeah. So there was like a little bit of growth, but then it was just like stagnant for the most of the season, which I, that's what I think. And then at the end, it made sense though, because they needed Eric to feel trapped. And if, if Adam would have had more growth I think that argument would have been harder to make for Eric breaking up with him because like he's, I think that they're, what we were, what I at least understood was that Eric's just outgrown Adam. And if Adam was willing to grow with him, then like this wouldn't have happened, but for the sake of plot or whatever, like I totally understand why they had them break up, but and I think Adam had growth then at the end too. It's just like, I just remember thinking somewhere in the middle, like, really? Like Adam is still doing this shit. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. I, I think cause I hated Adam so much. Like I really didn't get it at all that <laughs> his growth this season to me felt like so big. Like he was open with um, him at school with Eric at school. He like befriended Raheem he like tried to do like more in school and like get forward in school. He like started talking to his mom a little bit more. He like did the dog competition. Like I felt like he, like, I feel like in past seasons, he like never had a storyline at all. And he would like say one word and everybody was like, Oh my God, I want him and Eric together. They're like, chemistry is electric. And I was like, he literally didn't speak to him all season. And then like held his hand. Like all he did was like shove him in a locker and then like gave him a blowjob. Like I just wasn't figured, I wasn't seeing the like romantic side that everybody saw in one one and two. And so I think in three, I really picked up on it more because he did more. I felt like he did all of his growth and then like the double date and like telling Otis like, Hey, like Ola's struggling. Like maybe y'all could talk. Like she seems to be having a hard time too. I felt like it just happened without Eric. Like he was really actually like trying to like get himself moving and Eric wasn't seeing that I think because he had so far outgrown him yeah that's a good point um I also think it's just like they're both figuring out how to be in a relationship and I think Eric thinks his way is right oh for sure like Eric's like you should be as far out as I am you should want to be out in Nigeria which it's like maybe that's not like that's not where Adam is. And so I just thought it was a, a fascinating breakdown of a relationship. Yeah. Well, plus there's not like, yeah, I mean, they are still just like teenagers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think like wanting, 
the person you're dating to be just like you is like probably pretty normal. Yeah. Well, and I also and... think, sorry. No, no, no. That was. Well, I also think that like, er- like Eric thought the things that he was doing was easy, right? Like he was like, just tell your mom we're dating. Like, that's not hard, like yeah. whatever. And like not understanding that for Adam, that was like a very difficult thing sure. for him. And so I think because like, just because something's easy for you doesn't mean it's easy for everyone. And I think Eric especially forgets that being someone that's so open about who they are as a person, um, taking those things personally, like mm-hmm. when like their whole miscommunication about like wanting to have sex and wanting to have like the, like, even the like language breakdown of like, I want to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. Like they just didn't seem to be on the same page. Yeah. And I don't think it means that like one of them was right or wrong. I told you that this couple is going to make my head like just continually spiral. It's like, is Outlander a good show? Let me go all the way around and tell you like, are they a good couple? Like I could talk about it for hours and in circles. Yeah. I have two more little like sad, happy, sad things. Okay. Yeah, I I don't have any more. Okay. Otis's breakdown at the hospital about how he needed his mom. Um, after he made the comment about how she ruins things. And I actually agree. I think that Jean is like extremely self-destructive. You and I have talked about that, but it does suck that like it happened immediately after. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Timing on that was not good. And then my next two are like, like happy, sad moments, you know? Um, Maeve and Amy saying that they should like be each other's moms, which yeah. just like gave me a little heart flutter. And then the binder scene between Cal and I'm forgetting the other character's name. Um, but when when they oh, were like the other uh, trans character, the other yes, or gender neutral. I don't know. If yeah, gender neutral ne- or transitioning in some way. Yes. What was their name? Non-binary. The other non-binary. Let me like I want to say Kayla, but that's probably wrong. Um, because I really enjoyed the like scene where Cal shows them that the binder doesn't have to hurt and that like people like I thought it was yes. very teachable without being preachy. Because like yeah, I don't know I anything agree. about that. And so um well I thought I that was like, really important. Figure out that character's role for a while. I thought like I think they were like the stereotypical, like good, like air quotes, good, like trouble for the like or good like non-binary person for the school because they like conformed to the outfits quickly yeah. and like Cal fought so I think it was just showing like how quickly well, you can hurt yourself if you don't speak up yeah um although I did appreciate every time Cal like put hope into a corner and was like what's wrong with this uniform I'm wearing the uniform and she like could never really like come up with a real answer I know <laughs> like she was having to bullshit every single time it was amazing um well and that's what I I thought like why is hope still fighting this like it seemed like a really weird battle to like, they're wearing the uniform you didn't like you didn't specify right. that it had to be like they're assigned at birth gendered uniform her their name is or Lila. sized she decided to pick on the, like, that the, it wasn't yeah. form-fitting enough, which I'm like, well, this is a really, like, fine print here, like, item. Also, before these kids were singing, like, fuck the pain away, and now you've got them, like, in single file lines. So, like, right. let Cal wear, like, a size medium top. Like, sure, they're right. still like, in the whatever. uniform. 
Right. Yeah. It just seems like, right. Are there not bigger fish to fry here? But I did, um, but it was interesting to see Hope say like, well, that's how I would like you to act is like this other student who's similar to you. Similarly, uh-huh. like with Jackson being like, well, you like, and Viv, like wanting like the othered, like air quotes, other characters to be like the model of like how mm-hmm. they should be. And like, yeah. you're a terrible headmistress. Why? Why do you think that they made Cal an American? I thought that was so random. I didn't realize until like episode when when Jackson was like, Mindy like where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder if in the States we're like more progressive with like gender expression than the UK. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe they thought it would be better over in the UK. Like, I don't, you know, like Part maybe it had me? something to do. Yeah, I don't know. Part of me wondered if they were like stereotyping the US. As like, uh, of being like, opinionated. like our woke culture, etc. Yeah, I don't know. I do know, like, like I mean, we saw it a little bit with like Nigeria being, like, it's still illegal to be gay there. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe the states are, but I don't know anything about like the UK school I mean, well, system. We don't, of course, right? We don't know how other countries think of us. But I could just, I once I realized like what the dynamic was and like that Cal was from the U.S. and, like, how that character continued to be, like, what they were to this season, I was, like, I could just hear the British person watching this on TV and just saying, oh, of course it's an American. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and maybe that's, like, a more conservative-minded British person who's saying this, but like for some reason that is what came to mind is like oh there's someone in England going of course yeah like Like, you know what I mean like yeah those dumb Americans like screaming at the top of your line I wonder more why they this non-conformist transgender non-binary character of course they're from America right like this is the first time we've had one I don't think either one of them are transgender I think they're both just non-binary but I don't know are they Mm -hmm. non-binary well I wonder more why they picked Minnesota like Minneapolis (laughs) Right, so random. Like I've been there. It's not much. It's a place. Um, my last, yeah, that was my last, um, my last sad thing. So we can get into. Do you want to take a quick? Or we can get into B plots. You ready to get into the B plots? Mine are not in any order, unfortunately. Um, I only had a. I only wrote down a few. Um, and we already talked about Cal. Um, okay, so what did you think my, about Cal and Jackson? Um, how did you feel about that storyline? You know, part part of me was a little bit like, okay, so this is like, is this like the formula for Jackson now? Like, stick Jackson with a new character and like. <laughs> let's see what happens like it feels like he just so infrequently is like mixed in with the other characters it's kind of weird Mm -hmm. um it's like he's like a great foil for people right to be introduced Um, to the show but he's such a cutie that like we're glad he's on his our screens but like um yeah I mean I thought that their relationship was really interesting I thought it was smart that like we could never really figure out what was going on between the two of them and also Jackson couldn't figure it out and arguably maybe Cal couldn't figure it out right it was like 
everyone was sort of just like, let's see what happens. <laughs> like, I thought it was a really interesting way to depict a queer couple like that, right? Like mm-hmm. we got to see the like flirty, unsure, and then the yeah. hookups and then like Jackson's kind of like missteps that were like honest missteps and like Cal wasn't right. mad about, but like also him sure. kind of over like over apologizing, like, oh, I know beautiful mm-hmm. is like a gendered word. So like, sorry. And she's like, no, they were like, no, it's fine. Like, yeah, yeah fine. Yeah. Like all that stuff. And then her, like oh, them, sorry, I'm gonna mess up. But them saying like, you know, if, the, if we were to do this, we would be in a queer relationship and him having the conversation with his mom about it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Saying, like, this really isn't worth it. Like I just found the whole, it was such a good seasoned arc. It didn't yes. feel rushed. It didn't feel like too short. Like yeah. it felt very um, like thoughtful. Yeah. Well, plus I thought it was like, and you know, I don't know how, I mean, we watch a fair amount of teen drama. Granted, mm-hmm. a lot of our teen dramas that we watch are older, like Riverdale. Yeah. Um, like all white from like 2004. Well, well I <laughs> yeah just old not even relevant but um I thought it was interesting that they did like there was so much dialogue around it right and about like them if they dated or whatever and Cal being like this is what this would be and Jackson being like yeah I'm down Mm -hmm. and Cal being like "Mm, you don't get it (laughs) you you need to think about what I'm saying to you yeah 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 like this will change like things for you and and I had forgotten that Jackson's moms were gay but Uh that does actually make more sense about why he'd be like yeah whatever right well I know so I just love Jackson's storyline so much because he was introduced as this like jock secretly hooking up with Maeve who like hated his life and then like you know like broke his own arm did all of that stuff and then like got partnered up with Viv and kind of saw the world outside of his like jock Mm-hmm. bubble and like swim team I do think it was like insanely smart of the writers in season one to like give him a sport that required no teammates really so it's yes. not weird to us that he has no other friends because yeah. like no, if he was on the basketball cool. team they'd be like hey man where are you like the football team or whatever but yep. mm-hmm. he could just talk about being good at swimming um <laughs> yeah. or like so, running that was the next sport he did yeah, yeah. with his mom <gasps> and so I I enjoy that Jackson kind of gets to be like almost the audience. Like we learn things through Jackson. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like weirdly our touch point for, mm-hmm. for a lot of, um, of those relationships. Yeah. yeah he's much more stable than the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Just like in general. Mm-hmm. But it was for eight episodes. I also will say, you know, you talked about it. Like I guess Riverdale is probably the most and like euphoria. Maybe I guess euphoria is probably the most like, but Euphoria is not a teen show. Like it's, Oh, it's an adult teens in it that is that is allowed high schoolers but like yeah. Riverdale is probably the like most progressive yeah. air quotes show we watch but I've never seen a non-binary relationship told you know yeah, like I've no. seen like same sex and I've seen like heteronormative you know what I mean like I've seen one of those well two. even when they had Cheryl and Tony get together they didn't have like a discussion about what that would mean for Cheryl Right. Cause that would be the right. equivalent of what, of what was going on with Callan Jackson is Tony being like, well, I'm gay. And so if we date, then like, you'll be in a queer couple with me. Like, 
everyone at school is going to know, like, how, do, you know, how is your family going to react, that kind of thing. They did not have that discussion, to my One, knowledge. Never forget that Tony was introduced as a potential oh, yeah, love triangle for Jughead. Right. So, like, oh she's bisexual God. and was, like, used as a ploy. And then they were like, okay, Betty and Jughead are Never addressed it. Was there. Like, yeah. So, like. The exact this, opposite of what happened in this Yes, show. this felt intentional and not, like, a distraction. Yes, yes. it wasn't like, just, like, yeah. It was like teachable without being like hit you over the head, like a yeah thing, which I like, you know, when talking about it. It wasn't just like played for it. drama. No. Yeah. No, loved it. Okay. So we've kind of talked about Jackson and Cal. Um, yeah. I have Adam's growth this season as something I really liked. We already talked about that. I, I yeah. think in our sad moments, I just, as I mean, it's just, I hated him and like, I love him now. Like, I don't know what they did yeah um, I so liked you, him the best this season for sure yeah um I also have on my list kind of similarly what we talked about earlier and then I will let you do yours is the yeah. continuation of Amy's storyline from last season I feel like a lot of shows would have like taken what happened to her and like had the bus incident like have all the girls show up on the bus and then it'd be like done but yeah, like showing like forget, the, forgive and forget. <laughs> uh, like showing the residual trauma, showing how it affects yeah. her relationship with her mom, with Steve, with like kids at school. And like, I think even like Steve on the, when they were on the field trip, the guy was like, Oh, like, so like you're dating Amy. She's just like a nonstop fuck fest. And he's like, that's inappropriate. Like, and their relationship yeah. suffering from that. Like, I just really liked that. It like, wasn't just over. Cause it's not just yeah. over. Right. No, of course. Jean like told her like you smiled at people before and nothing happened. So don't like let this one incident, like it's not because it's not something you did. Yeah. It's his fault. For sure. Yeah. And yeah, I thought that it was really interesting as part of Amy's little arc that they did have her start going to therapy, you know, and we actually like saw it wasn't just like a thing that she like throwaway line that she mentioned. Um, I do hope in four there's like justice for Steve. Justice, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Because he's just been like the sweetest little punching bag this entire show. And um, like Amy and his breakup, like totally warranted. Like I, mm-hmm. I agree. Like I can't believe they even drug it out this long. But he, you know, he did. Like, he does get in there and defend her. Like. You know, yeah. he's, hasn't he's done, good- he hasn't done anything wrong ever. Um, so I'm, I'm just hoping that they give him something in the yes. next season. Well, he'll get paired up with Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> right, he'll get paired up with Jackson. And then, um, um, no, and I liked that part of Amy's reasoning is she's like, I'm a people pleaser. Like, I don't want to hurt him. Like, yeah. he's a good person and I don't yeah. want to make him suffer. And Jean was like, you kind of are. Like right. in staying with him, you're hurting him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I thought that was tough to hear. Yeah. Okay. Over to you. Um, okay. So the entire trip to France, um, <laughs> just like every single thing about it, like from the two teachers getting put on it. Love them. The bus, also, love them as a couple. So love much. Them as a couple. They're amazing. His proposal. Um, <laughs> god she's like no she was like what? no what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing now is not the time um like a shit car even these like teenagers like just like not giving a fuck about this historical like thing and then like 
it's just like everything they were saying in the trench is just like it was so funny like everything mm-hmm. was written so well um something though that like really bothered me was they made Viv, Viv and Hope had like a pact right and mm-hmm. Hope was like keep me like eyes and ears on the ground girl like keep me updated and Viv was also texting like sexting that boy <laughs> so I was like this is so predictable like she's gonna they're setting this up yeah for her to mix it up and then she never did uh-uh. and Hope like kind of was like I asked you to pay attention like why don't you mention all this shit that happened on the trip to me and Viv was kind of like I don't know like it wasn't a big deal everything was fine and like that was it so I was like this was such a weird big setup for like nothing to come of it it was the first time that Viv like put her foot down with Hope and then she saw that Hope wasn't a good person like Hope's reaction was rude and Viv was like oh maybe Jackson's right like maybe because then she records her saying um Oh my gosh. Something, you know, I can't remember because yeah, that's where I'll say I was surprised. They had Viv record and then send it around to the school yeah, about like the way yeah. things look or something like the perception of. It was like they were going to do a forum uh-huh. and Hope was like, I would, why would I ever listen to teenagers? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And I thought they were going to play that at the, I thought Assembly, they were going to play the full, full Yeah. So I think that was just like Viv's first kind of um, putting her foot down to hope. I love that Emily and Mr. Hendricks were like, yeah, no, everything was fine. It was totally yeah, normal field trip. Not, there was not shit happened. thrown out the car, kids on mushrooms. Definitely didn't lose two kids. Everything was nope. fine. <laughs> Them screaming at those tourists. <laughs> oh, yeah, the French tourists. And I did love when Mr. Hendricks like goes out to get them. He's like, Otis, I didn't even know you were gone. <laughs> yes. They're like, Maeve which, is missing. Maeve is missing. Which makes sense because Ruby and him have broken up in the episode before. Maeve's missing. Yeah. So she's not going to say anything. And Eric's in Nigeria. Yeah. So, like the only, only person who would notice that he's missing is like Adam mm-hmm. or Kyle, the guy on mushrooms. Right. The sex God or whatever he named himself when he was pretending to be Otis. Oh, I loved that episode so much. I loved the, I loved the fight that Amy and Maeve had because it made Mm -hmm. sense to me that they wouldn't see eye to eye on that. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, just 10 out of 10. What a, I also enjoy, I enjoy the pairing of Raheem and Adam. Yes, me too. (laughs) Raheem asking for his stuff back makes me laugh so hard. I guess I could have said that in the jokes. And then, (laughs) um, uh, him being like, I don't have anything of yours. I burned it all in a small controlled fire. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. And of course, Maven Otis cast. Yeah, no, movie. of course. If you don't think I have a thesis written about that later, you're insane. <laughs> okay, great. Um, um, on the other end of up. the spectrum, I did enjoy Otis and Ruby while it was happening. I think when I like rewatch the entire like series before season four, I'll be able to enjoy it more knowing that the Maven Otis stuff is coming. Cause I basically was just waiting for them to break up so that he could be single, but I liked them sneaking around and like enjoyed, I mean, we already talked about it, enjoyed like her uh, breaking down her walls, enjoyed Otis realizing he's not a casual dater. Yeah. I also thought 
Ruby react like Ruby's scenes with Jean were so funny because she didn't respect Jean at all. No, <laughs> like not even a little bit. Nope, did not. And did it? I think Jacob was like, "Who is that rude girl?" And, yeah. and she was like, "That's uh, Otis's lover." I was like, "That house is so weird." So fucking weird. Okay, back over to you. Um. So I loved the Nigerian wedding. I thought that that was so fun everyone looked so beautiful um it was fun to be outside of England Mm -hmm. for a little bit um I definitely thought he was gonna be kidnapped at some point not necessarily by that guy but by someone else um I felt like I you know have traveled and have gotten a lot of really dicey situations. And that was what that was. <laughs> yes. I felt like Eric was kind of selfish this season. Yeah. Um, and in this episode, I-, I did not think it was fair what he did to his mom. <laughs> like I felt bad for her that he just like left the wedding. And like, I was happy for him to like go to the club and like experience it. Yeah. But it was very like sad and like kind of like shell shock for the guy to be like, I was looking around for exits, like in case. Yeah. Like that's terrifying. And like, it's insane to me that parts of the world are still like that. And like, Mm -hmm. so sad, but like, I can't imagine the like fear his mom was going through. Yeah. Knowing that I also enjoyed him coming to terms with the fact that his mom like had this ex-boyfriend and like talking about his parents relationship with the grandmother. And I, I really enjoyed all of that. Yeah. And I think that like, yeah, I think a lot of it's, it's, not an uncommon trope right of that uh, and kids or you know the child whatever age they are seeing their parents with somebody else and like having the whole like yeah existential crisis about the whole thing and then the parent is always like okay like I understand why you think that it looks like this but actually like this person is unstable like they Mm -hmm. were when I was 19 and they are now Right. And like your, you know, mom, dad, whatever was like good for me for this reason. And like, I still stand by that. So we I just, did think that it was we, good. We just watched it in 30 Rock with Liz's mom's ex-boyfriend being Buzz Aldrin. And like, what would she have done when he went to space? Right, exactly. She just got out of secretary exactly. school and got that job at Sterling Cooper Draper Price. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> LOL. Um, gotta love it um but Nigeria was fun it was be- I mean the costuming for that we had to have been so fun for that costume gorgeous. department yeah Eric's fashion this season and like his like single like his like lip sync moments yes. like anytime Eric was alone we're just like gold mm-hmm. yeah he looked he was he was looking good this season for sure mm-hmm. I did love their reaction to the uniforms though like aside yes. from the aside from the actual trauma that it put on Cal and Lila the uniforms were so funny to me. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. again, I didn't realize how insane they were dressing before they had to wear uniforms. <laughs> right. No, I had no idea. Like Lily's hair was just like normal to me until it was like in a ponytail. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And I was like, what oh, right. Like, oh my gosh. You're weird. Yeah. But like, I had just gotten used to it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. All right. Next one. Sure, sure. Oh, no, I just said the uniforms. It's you. Oh. Um, the date night. 
That was next I on my list too. Loved it so much. The bowling, <laughs> the like double date of it all, the awkwardness. And then like once it was like a clear that Adam was like one of the girls mm-hmm. um, and they actually did have something in common. It was just so fun. It was I really cute. Immediately spilling on his jumper. I also loved him immediately spilling on his school tie and like sucking the jam out of it. And Eric was so disgusted. I thought that was so funny. And then I did, this should have been a quote that we talked about earlier in funny moments, but when Ruby was like, is there anything here that's gluten-free? And he was like, how long have you been, how long have you not been able to eat sugar? And everybody (laughs) looked at him like, what? And, and um, he was like, gluten, not glue, or she can eat gluten, not glucose. That's what Eric said to Adam and Adam was like, oh, like, like, cause you told me to ask questions. Like <laughs> <laughs> I loved yeah. that. It was so funny. Oh, God. Yeah. That was so sweet. Um, oh. Next on my list, we've really kind of knocked through school trip, Amy's Vulva storyline, Cal's storyline, Jackson's storyline, Nigeria. I got two more. Okay. I loved that Maeve's well, the Maeve and Isaac of it all. I enjoyed. I was terrified about it after hating him after he deleted that fucking voicemail. Glad that he told her in episode two. Like, I'm glad we didn't have to wait a whole season for her to find out about the voicemail. And then she controlled when she told um, Otis about the voicemail. Yeah. But I did. I was happy when she was asked to move in with her foster mom. That it wasn't like, it was sweet. It was like a nice reckoning that like you know like what we've said is that may 17 like she shouldn't be living alone she shouldn't be doing all of this stuff and so I thought that dynamic was really healthy and um I was really glad that the foster mom kind of let her like slowly like just stay there one night and then if you want to stay here more and you know all of that was really nice it was nice that the foster mom didn't end up being evil yes no she was great and like she told her she could take down all the like social worker bullshit off the wall if she wanted and all that stuff. Live, laugh, love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Back to you. Um, okay. That is actually all I have of bests. I have one more best. Okay. Let's do your best. Otis and Maeve separately eating the sex educators alive. I loved it so much. They're like, that's actually extremely yeah. harmful. Are you telling I the boys that? that? Like, and how they stormed out. Yeah. Well, yeah. they got kicked out because they were like, this is like extremely harmful. What you're mm-hmm. teaching us is bad. Yeah. They were teaching the girls abstinence, right? And yeah. The and boys, what were they teaching the boys? I don't know. It was just like dicks flying around. The or something. Yeah. It was like, just control your urges. Was that it? Yeah. I something think it like was that? just, yeah. And, and not it just wasn't good. It might've been both absence. I don't remember exactly the point of it, but I just, I was so proud of our Maeve and our Otis for just sticking up for it. And then of course, just like, it was like another scene they had together because they really weren't together a whole lot this season. Yeah. 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 Cause the sex clinic wasn't running. Yeah. And I will say in terms of like neutral before we get into that, I didn't really give two shits. Oh, Oh, I did forget one that I did really like. Maureen, um, Adam's mom having a storyline. Yeah. I enjoyed that. It was fun. I liked that she like had a little boyfriend that she was sleeping with, like mm-hmm. had her little scenes with Mr. Groff where she like heard him out, but kept to her own. I liked that she was like a sweet mom to Adam with his dog show competition. Yeah. Like, oh my people, God. People that was want so sweet. to be there for you. 
And yeah. then, um, but I didn't really give two shits about Jean's storyline this season. Oh, definitely not. I, as soon as we found out that she was pregnant, I was like, no, like immediately. No, like not to quote Justin Bieber, but immediately. No, I've seen what I need to see. And it's no. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you and I, we've agreed about this frequently about how we don't care about the adult storylines, um, in teen dramas. And this is no exception. I, you know, there is less parent shit in this than like, say a gossip girl, but I I still like only service level care about, about, um, Jean and Jakob and I it did feel like Jean was like going through a lot this season yeah yeah. but like I don't know if we just like under like got not enough or too much like it felt like a weird amount like I would have I wish she wasn't pregnant first of all I wish that baby would have been lost sorry I hate to say it or like never existed or like it was a false I could have done a pregnancy scare pregnancy scare for the ratings fine um but to end on two gene related baby cliffhangers right is that necessary no let me tell you firsthand it's not um but like having them like very awkwardly and clumsily move in together and then kind of break up and then sorry this is my least go go yeah yeah is this is yeah. the gene and Jakob of it all like in the pregnancy like I hated all of that I loved Jean being there for Amy that seemed correct and her continuing to do her parenting of Otis fine but like just everything else I did not care for at all I hated them forcing Jakob and um Ola and Otis all into one house I was like where did their house go like yeah what like it made no sense I was glad that like eventually we got like in the finale like a smidge bit of Jakob drama when he explained that his wife was cheating on him before she died I was like well didn't know that not sure why it's relevant to the plot but I was like she definitely cheated on him you know, like he, she kissed Remy when they were dating and now the paternity right. thing is up for debate. Like he right. just like has that. I mean, I'm assuming it's Remy's. Yeah, me too. Based on her reaction. I just think I enjoy Jacob and Ol. I like enjoy everyone in those family situations, but Jean, because she seems to always do the thing wrong. Like yeah. when she's not a therapist, like when Otis was like, you make a mess out of everything. I was like, she does. Mm-hmm. She does. Like. And I, we already talked about this in our, the first season one and two episode we did, but like when Otis called her out in the end of season one, that was like, you pride yourself in being this like super open mom and you have like no boundaries, like you have none. And it's like, yeah, just because you like let him have sex in the house doesn't mean that, that the lack of boundaries is healthy for him. Like he, you need to still have boundaries. Like you can let him, like, if you want to have this like free home and do all of this stuff, like I think Adam called them like a naked household. Like yeah, 
he's like, you have a naked household. Like you can talk about your feelings and do all that stuff. Like if she wants to raise her kid that way, I think she still needs to have healthy boundaries. Like it's insane that she just forced them to move in without asking Otis or talking to Otis about it or like, it's so crazy, especially being like, Oh, I used to date Ola and now she has like no, right. Like it just felt shares a shower with me. Yeah. I I mean, I was glad because I do love their house (laughs) and I like, I really liked the scene in the hospital when Jakob and Otis were talking and um, Otis was like, I know you and my mom. And he was like, whatever happens with me and your mom, like you still have me. Like I care about you. And like, because I do think that Otis needs Jakob. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, speaking of Jakob though. So, so beautiful. His eyes. Okay. Hot as always. Like so my, like Silver Fox man. Um, although once we uncovered that he doesn't believe in therapy. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's like no coming back from this. Yeah. Well, and that's like not only her profession, but they need it. They you know what I mean? Like, in <laughs> yeah, like it's even okay, even if they didn't need it, like one partner not believing that the other partner's career is legit is, I mean, you can't, can you even be in a relationship like, like while one of the people so thinks the like, other one is basically just like an overhyped witch? Like, right, like, I just don't believe in marketing. <laughs> right. yeah, like, just, what do you mean? What yeah, does it I, even do? You know. <laughs> like, yeah, I liked though that he like didn't believe in therapy and then got stuck in that therapy session without her, yeah. and then kind of had his breakthrough. So maybe it's just like yeah. he doesn't yeah. like therapy because he doesn't want to have the breakthroughs. Like he doesn't believe yeah. in it because he doesn't want to feel. What show was it? This show where. <laughs> <laughs> honestly maybe it was this, this one where um the main character no it was Ted Lasso where okay. the character didn't want to go to therapy because like he'd had a bad experience yeah and, like Ted, still got divorced or whatever tune in to our episode with Andy from uh the Naked Man podcast to discuss all things Ted Lasso and talk about that weird therapy storyline yeah. still uh, unsure about it I contest that Todd Lasso and sex education are very similar. If you like one, you would like the other. And like, they are in no way contextually the same. Like, no, but they could be that, more different. That same British warm, fuzzy feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the same sort of like ripple effect of one character in like a positive way. Right. It's like, by the time we get to the end of this season, like the school that Otis goes to is now called the sex school. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also Otis is like, <laughs> kindness to every character and like taking their problems seriously and not like gossiping about them and not Mm -hmm. you know telling everybody genuinely invested in like helping but like he he doesn't judge them for their like sex thing yeah and so in that they've like created a school kind of based on kindness and embracing your like weird which is what Ted Lasso is right like but that yeah, show Ted Lasso sure. is more based, I think, on like, like kindness and being yourself and like thing. forgiveness, right? Like Ted Lasso yeah. is like be the best version of yourself and accept other people. 
yeah. for who they are and like that their best isn't your best. And that's kind of, I agree with you. I'll take, I love both shows. So I will take, yeah. And they're both and English. <laughs> you were probably as skeptical to watch Ted Lasso as I was to watch Sex Ed. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I told us, so I was like, I'm going to talk about soccer. Yeah, it's like in the underdog episode of you being like, it sounds yeah. dumb, but I guess we can watch it. And then we're like yeah. recording our episode and it's great. I mean, yeah, based on the description, I was like, this is not something I would like. <laughs> An underperforming white man who gets a giant promotion for no reason. And then it's- Why did they even something? write a script? They could just put a camera on like any man that I've ever met. <laughs> like, uh, uh, yes, I was very wrong about that one. I was very wrong about that um okay do you have what are your other worst oh that that was it that was Uh, the main one (laughs) okay I have three ish okay two we've already talked about hope but she was supposed to be bad like she played that character really well she just fucking hated her necessary yeah um we already talked about it kind of over Aaron like it's sad it's hard on me I don't love that actress all that much so it's not even like I'm in like enjoying the yeah I would also like to see like maybe Amy's mom in season four. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. trade out moms. Right. Um, for sure. Yeah. I actually didn't care for most of Maeve's plot this season. Like I know. we were talking about it being sad, but like, I, like I'm tired of seeing her in the trailer park and yeah, Aaron was just like chaos as usual. Like I, I definitely thought like her dealing with her foster, the foster situation with the daughter was like really interesting, but like, I definitely, what was the boy's name? He was Isaac. I will say I did enjoy. Mm, Didn't care about that. The same way that I thought it was really important that we saw Jackson and Cal's relationship. I thought it was very important that they showed Isaac and Maeve's like kind of like make out talking through like that was like a huge thing for like visibility for anybody who has a disability. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that was like a very important scene that like, he's still like a sexually active person who like, yeah, cares about people. So like, I thought yeah. that was good. I just was still mad at him for deleting the voicemail. That was and it. Like, yeah. It's just him making toast for her every day. Did not like yeah. make up for it for me personally? Not for me either. <laughs> um, and then I missed the sex clinic. Like I missed Otis yeah. giving advice. I mean, he gave it like to one person. Right. Like here and there. Um, but I agree. It was, it was missing. And I loved like his big speech to Maeve about like how, even if they can't be a couple, he still wants to do the sex clinic. Cause he misses her. So like, yeah. hopefully when she comes back from America, cause I'm guessing that'll be like a two episode arc in yeah. season four, like she'll be gone, like maybe two episodes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of, kind of really missed the sex clinic. Like there wasn't as much. Yeah, I agree. I, I get, I know we can't get as much as we did at the beginning because they just don't have the money for like all of those extras to like come in for like one episode and talk about their things. But um, just for two full seasons of having like there be like kind of a, instead of like a crime of the week, like an SVU crime of the week, it was like a sex crime of the week. Like what? Yeah. It was like the appropriate, like how can this person enjoy sex more crime of the yeah. week Um, to like not have that at all was like a little bit of a bummer. It was a case of the week. Yeah. Yeah. I missed the case of the week type. Yeah. Thing. I agree. But, and then do you have any, um, like kind of relationships you really want to call out that like, where you enjoy other than your favorite, um, which we'll do in our stats after the break, but like in terms of friendships, I like really enjoyed seeing Raheem and Adam together. Maeve and Amy's friendship as always, mm-hmm. um, Viv and Jackson still love Jackson and Cat. Like, I, I think that show yeah. writes friendship really well. I agree. Maureen and Jean, yeah. like the only times I liked Jean was when she was with Maureen yes. or in a yes. therapy session. I agree. 
<laughs> I yeah. also loved Mr. Groff living with um, what's his uh, Hendrix because it was just like an odd couple. Like when he was like making that Mexican for them, like it was just like funny and cute and weird and like the yeah, last pairing was... I expected to see. Okay, I did forget to mention that was I didn't write it down. One of my bests was um, Mr. Groff like discovering that he likes to cook. It was I know. so sweet. Oh and when he, when he freaked out at his brother over the salad and he was like, it's not a simple salad. Iconic. And like, I was great. like, yes, burn it down, Mr. Groff. I, I like loved Mr. Groff this season. I guess that guy is from Harry Potter. I have never seen Harry Potter, so I have no clue. He's the Backer? Malfoy dad, I think. The brother? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, he's a big Lu- character. Lucas, in- Lucius? Malfoy, I guess. Lucius, I don't know. Lucius Malfoy. Um, yeah, Malfoy's their last name. Yeah. Oh, Draco, right? Draco? Draco is... Malfoy, um, and that is dad? The son. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Felton, the hot guy. Yeah, Tom Tom Felton is Draco. Um, My goal is to eventually watch all the Harry Potters. Um, Jason Isaacs. Mm-hmm. As an English actor, he was in Black Hawk Down hmm. and plays Lucius. I think that's how you pronounce it, Lucius Malfoy in Harry Potter. Harry, uh, Harry Potter. Ron, Ron, Ron Weasley. But sorry, the last thing I'll say about the relationships on this show is I like that they put the same amount of importance in writing the friendship as they do the romantic relationships. Yeah. Like, honestly, Eric and Otis's friendship might be healthier than Eric and Adam's <laughs> in terms of, like, communication. Mm-hmm. And, like, Amy and Maze is, like, you know, like, they write friends in a way that makes you want to be a good friend. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do a really good job with the friendship. I agree. But um he's the oh yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, he's the brother. Mm-hmm. All right, do you want to take a quick break and then we'll be back with our stats and single best scene? Yeah, sure, let's do it. Hello, hello, surprise, it's us again. This is just a quick reminder for you guys to make sure you are subscribed to the pod on iTunes or on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us um, with our audience and it really helps you make sure you don't miss an episode as these do drop on Tuesdays weekly. Second thing is actual exciting news. We are doing a little giveaway of sorts. If you go and give us a review on iTunes, then screenshot the review and email it to us at singlebestscene at gmail.com, we will send you a very special Single Best Scene sticker. So get those reviews in and we will get you a sticker. And that's it. Thanks. And we're back. Yes. All right. So, if do you want to go quickly through character, relationship, and episode? You can go first. Okay. 
my favorite character this season was Amy. Mm-hmm. My favorite relationship was Maven Amy. And I'm not sure if this was my favorite season or not. But my favorite episode was episode seven with the assembly. Which I guess we didn't talk about. So do you want to talk about it here or are you talking about it? Well, I'm going to talk about it at the end. All right. We can talk about it at the end. I'm like bullet list. Good. I'm glad. I'm excited to see it. Okay. So I was doing this for my favorite character and said, how insane that when I started to fill this out, I almost said Adam. And then I never put anybody else. So that reaction is that Adam is my favorite and probably because we didn't get a lot of like, I I did love Amy and I love Otis and I love Maeve, but like, I think overall Adam really won me over, which is, I, I mean, who am Start I? Start from the bottom. <laughs> How do you go from the bottom? Like, what am I going to say next season? Jean's my favorite character. Oh my God. <laughs> what the fuck? Or like Ola or, you know, like whatever. Um, favorite relationship. I loved Eric and Otis this season. I thought it was very sweet how they were like consoling, like talking to each other about actually being in relationships. Yeah. Um, and them dancing up the notes. stairs is like so cute. I posted something on our yeah. Instagram today, which I'll like save to the sex education highlights of like a little like highlight reel of their friendship, which is very sweet. And then my favorite episode was season three, episode five, which was the field trip to France. And this was the episode description on IMDb. Vivid history collides with real awkwardness in France as the poo hits a windshield and friends slam on the brakes. A spark reignites, Jean explodes. Literally all of that happens. But like (laughs) when I read it the first time, I was like, what a weird episode description. And then after you see the episode, you're like, holy shit. Poo does hit the thing. It is awkward in France. Amy and Maeve get in a fight, slam on the brakes. A spark reignites, they kiss. And Jean explodes because that person calls her like an old mother. (laughs) And she like loses her damn mind and like screams at the orderly. Which I guess that is one thing I want to touch on before we move on to the single best scene is Hope's infertility. I thought it was, again, the show does a really good job of spotlighting important um, storylines that I think other shows tend to shy away away from or use as truly just a drama device. So like Mm -hmm. this season, they had a lot of um, the like, uh, non-binary storyline and then the disability storyline and then hopes and fertility. I just feel mm-hmm. like they made hope so bad that I didn't give a shit that she couldn't have kids, which made me feel bad. Like the way she treated those students, I was like, you've got to be fucking nicer if you want to have your own. Like it just felt yeah. like they didn't, they didn't like balance it even. And when Otis like confided in her and was like, you're going to like, it's really hard. And you know, all of, he had his like classic Otis adult moment with her talking it was really sweet. Yeah. And I like, it was a really sweet scene. And like what he said was true and all the stuff. It's just like hours earlier, you had like locked her in a closet while your ex-girlfriend like sprayed perfume in her face. Like it just felt like the whiplash was really severe on hope. Yeah. I couldn't figure out why they added that like, in like the human plot to her, like the human element, like the, I mean, but why did it have to be that? Like, it just seems so weird that it, like, with Jean being pregnant, I know that that was part of it, right? But yeah. Like, like her body's right. betraying her. Like, I know a lot of women feel that way. And, like, sure. you know, it's but it a also very- felt, like, underserved. It was, like, the only time we ever, she ever talked about it was, like, 
a run-in in the hospital. Yes, I agree. I think they went too extreme with making her the bad guy to then make us feel sorry for her. Yeah. Because I kind of understood. They oversold it. I will say when the, when the, the, I, I don't know, I, I tried to understand this with our friend Brittany, but like couldn't get to the bottom of it. It's like a public school that is privately funded. Cause like, how are they losing funding? If it was a public school, I just like didn't understand the logistics of that. And I don't know, maybe it's like, just like our dumb U S school system. Like I have no clue. Um, but like, I understood why she was being so serious about it when the funding was up, right? Like if she didn't get the shit together at the school, they were going to like Mordell would be no more. Well, but then she went like- shame signs. And so then it was like, Nope, you lost me. Like you went too far. And like, I don't, it doesn't matter. Like you went too far. Like the kids, like their mental health is not worth like fucking just tell them, like, why couldn't you go up on stage and say like, Hey guys, can y'all stop being so fucking weird so we can keep our funding? Like that would have worked better than making them wear those signs. That's when she lost me. And like, there was no redemption for me with hope, yeah, but I did. The signs were too really far over the edge. And yeah. to Lily. Like, had it just been to Adam, to it would have been all a, of them. No, I know, but like, had it just been to, to put Adam, those kids on stage, yes, 100%. 100%. But had it just been Adam, he would have been able to kind of roll with it because his dad, like, publicly humiliated him. But, I mean, this show started with his dick, like, him being like, I have a large mm-hmm. cock in my dad's head. Like, so, like, he yeah. has put himself in situations where he, like, draws attention to himself. But, like, Lillian Cal was like, like, with Adam, it was just far. With the other two, it was just like, okay, now you've gone like literally too far. Because mm-hmm. Adam didn't actually do the poo thing right. too, right? Like his sign was like heroic because he was taking the fall for Raheem. Yeah. Like she attacked fundamental things about Cal and Lily that they can't change. Right. Yeah, like that's that the is thing. who they are like in their person. Yeah. Whereas Adam's was just like, you threw poop out a window. Yeah, Adam just had bad behavior. Yeah. Adam's, I think, was up there because the other ones were so bad that they needed it to be like, he doesn't yeah. care. Right. It needed to be, you're all just being punished for a choice. Yes. Which was not actually really it. Yeah. Well, safe to say, nothing in hope, um, nothing positive for hope will be in our single best scene, but I did want to acknowledge that like the fertility stuff this season was like very interesting and I don't think handled poorly. I just, I don't think, I don't think the weight of not being able to have a child, which I can only imagine is just like so painful. And like, I know people struggle with that does not make it so that you can be like a shit person to other people. Like it doesn't validate your... Well, maybe it, it, I mean, I know I say this all the time, but it felt like if anyone's plot was getting cut for time, it was this one. And maybe if there was more context to her struggles with infertility and maybe some history behind that or some history behind her childhood or how she did go to Moordale or whatever so that right. we also have some context about why she's so insanely mean other than just like her wanting to help the school right it's like it is with the, like with the the shame signs like that is too far but she had to be taught that 
right? Right, like, right. She didn't just invent that punishment. So, like, if there was some sort of link, like, a little bit more context to her, I think that that would have made the infertility stuff less random. Or, right, like, like she her could have gotten a cruelty less random. She could have gotten a yeah. flashback to her time at Moordale. Or even, like, I would have or enjoyed... her partner being, like, That's been at like. home eating dinner, yeah, and being like, hey, blah, 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 whatever context. I would have enjoyed, I know they said like, she was like, this has been really hard on my marriage and you know, whatever. Um, but, and I don't, and I don't know, like maybe they didn't hire someone because of COVID restriction. Like, I don't know why we didn't see more of her thing or really it was just, they do cram a lot in eight episodes. Like they do not waste time. Cause I was thinking like in my head, like what would they cut? And I was like, yes, maybe Viv's storyline a little like, but then it's like, I want Viv to have a storyline, but out of all of them, her boyfriend who was so hot, Mm-hmm. Good, good on her could have been cut for like more time for hope but wasn't like, super we, necessary but do yeah. we want more time for hope like i, I don't I know mean, I, right she's already done yeah, yeah and she was already for... in the show a lot like but they she was in they school did, a lot i know but they did like commit a fair amount of time to the infertility thing yes. so it's like let's just go ahead and do it a hundred percent not eighty percent or i mean i could have dealt with like I mean this was like basically like our gossip girl what they could have done differently but like I could have dealt with like her maybe before we saw her as the new head of Mordale be like a new client of jeans and like have like a session there and then like in their conversation realizing like I have to go be the new headmistress at this like sex school and then Jean being like eek I read that but you know like and then having them just be this like awkward thing and then we could have gotten some history on hope before we met her on stage being like I'm a cool dancing girl (laughs) you know I love all of y'all and like also now the whole school thing is in Latin and you have to wear uniforms and there are shame signs and I'm gonna like be racist and terrible so that's what I would have done differently is like um yeah is that but I wait speaking though of hope I forgot one of my um favorite jokes moments was um when that she's being interviewed and that guy runs across the background of the shot naked Dex. holding the holding goat. the goat amazing like Chuck <laughs> is so good I also loved when they were getting interviewed and they went up and Adam just like put his mouth yes. on the mic. He and then, sniffed it. Yeah, yeah. He smelled it. I just wanted to He smelled it. And then Eric was like, we were Never absolutely- seen a fucking microphone before. Eric was like, we were absolutely terrified. And then Otis, yeah, like, of course- Like a little like hair flips. Yeah. Eric, Otis was like, it wasn't a chlamydia outbreak. It was mass hysteria. Like yeah. get your facts straight and maybe read the book. Like I did like yeah. that whole, I liked the press. Yeah, that was great. The press um, the media, aspect, the media, of, the media aspect yeah. of the of the season, but yeah. so if do you want to get into your single best scene of season three only of Sex Education? Yes. Drum roll, please. Drum roll for you. My single best scene is the assembly that is in season or episode seven. So I don't know if I can't remember if it was. My number one single best scene, the play and from seasons one and two, but it might have been if it wasn't my favorite, it was the runner-up. Um, for for a single best scene. So this was all of that, right? Like this was the assembly was this season's 
Romeo um, and Juliet. Sex play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This time it was a sex. They're all dicks. (laughs) They're all dicks. They still were in sex costumes, and Uh their production value on that video was actually really high. Nobody addressed that, but um. So okay, so everything about this episode was amazing. Like beginning to end, though. Honestly, I know it's supposed to be one scene, but the whole episode's fucking amazing. I was just rewatching it. Um. So first of all, the fact that leading up to it, the kids kept calling it the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Eric just like volunteered to help. Yeah. And Eric was like, uh, yeah, because because Jackson was like, oh, the nerd, you're nerdy. And like the nerds bailed. So like, Otis, can you do it? And Otis was like, I, this is the, he was like, I didn't want to be involved in this one, which is so funny <laughs> on its own. Like, you got to feel for him, right? You're like, eh. but, and then Eric's like, no, we'll do it. And Jackson was like, oh, you should be more like Eric. And Eric was like, yes, he should be more like me. Like everything. I was like, what did we just agree to? And, and Otis was like, oh my God, it's, it's about the thing. And Amy with the, her big mountain of vulva cupcakes also like referring to it as the thing like giving them off to her sweet Steve and the whole thing doing the sign language thing that we already talked about the hand sign for all vulvas oh, are unique or whatever the fuck are beautiful and unique um, are beautiful and unique um the assembly room looking like a goddamn TED talk <laughs> <laughs> and uh the um so the actual video amazing and the fact that the, the screen was slow i mean it's just so funny um but the actual video amazing lily got her little call even though she wasn't there and like nobody told her maybe she'll like find out subliminally or whatever but like lily gets her little call out and was like no she's cool she's one of us like don't shame her for shit um the like paper mache like sex costumes that these kids <laughs> put together to wear in this video was so good um the at the end of the video the um new school anthem that they sing of course that we heard earlier in this show they sing it fuck and the pain away fuck the pain away the parents are like losing their minds then at the very end as this as the song's being sung all the kids putting on their little shame signs I know. was amazing and then all the kids chanting chanting we are sex school <laughs> just like sent me like that was it i don't need to hear anything else ever again i was like this this is the most amazing thing I have ever, ever witnessed. Like, these children have said, this is actually how we are. You've called us a sex school and we love it. Yeah, we actually <laughs> like your marketing and we're going to brand ourselves. Great. Thank you for doing that. That is free, free marketing work, free branding work for us. And um, yeah, that's who we are now, which was amazing. Um, and it did actually cause me to kind of be a little bit surprised, a little bit surprised for a second when like the first reaction to the whole thing from the administration was like, the school's shutting down, like all the sponsors are pulling out, blah, 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 blah. Um, I was a little bit surprised, but um, then at the very, very end of the season, they were like, 
actually, it was like a throwaway line basically. Um, that was like, we, some, you know, some people have like seen the, saw the news report about like how you're the sex owning the ownership of the sex school and like maybe some new people are interested in the school funding whatever whatever which I was like yeah like that part makes total sense I don't know I've watched a ton of interviews where they're like we don't know what next season like where we're gonna be if we're gonna be in college like if we're gonna be separate like which like they don't know like the writers haven't written it yet sure sure they probably gave and that's fair but um yeah it's pretty open to right now but anyway but yeah the assembly was just like and the fact that they hijacked it the fact that Jackson got to be head boy again I just skipped right over that part I also um, want to add two things that I also loved that you didn't say Ruby oh sorry I slammed my mic it's gonna be fun to edit Ruby being in on it and like attacking hope yes, yes. <laughs> and Cal falling from the ceiling and just like flipping oh her God. like just flipping yes. her off and being like fuck you hope I'm here. Yeah. And also like me being in an oversized top, isn't that big of a deal? Is it bitch? Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it was, yeah. I oh. had, I forgot about the California the scene. It was just so chaotic and yeah. so great. <laughs> well, and then like Ruby and Hope, like actually fighting was so funny to me. Yes. And like, like Otis physically and, fighting. like Otis and Eric and their little headpieces. Yeah. Just standing there <laughs> completely useless. God, the show knows how to do an assembly. I know. Which if I've learned anything from like behind the scenes on other TV shows, those like group scenes are the hardest to film because you have to get coverage on everybody and they're like yeah. the longest days and like nobody really likes them and they do them like quite a bit. And I'm yeah. very happy. Thanks. Ed- thank you, sex education. But do you have any like runner-ups? Because I definitely have a runner-up on my single best scene. So I would um yeah my runner up my runner up is Adam's dog show um with like the mom and the teacher like being there and you know it was just like really really sweet and like such a nice moment for Adam like that was just about Adam yes I agree and I liked that he was proud of himself yeah yeah I agree that's very sweet um okay all right what is your single best scene audience do you have any guesses (laughs) so mine is of course from episode five which is may finally telling otis that she knows there was a voicemail begging him like saying like what did it say and him being like i don't know doesn't matter and she's saying it matters to me and that's like all he needs i also love that may could have asked isaac what it said and she did it like she waited to ask otis actually what it said and then him saying it word for word his back turned to her the same advice he gave Adam if like things yeah, are too hard to say hard like, don't, to say. like mm-hmm. turn your back so I love it was back to them the I love you in the way they have the interaction with like her being like did you mean it and him being like of course I meant it I was like oh my god I love them so much and then they make out and it's great and they're like talking through it you know but like I'd, I'm so confused like I wanted this whatever and then him saying I don't want to lose you again was like, oh, I don't want to lose. I know it's basic and predictable, but I fucking love Maven and Otis. Like, I just love them yeah. so much. Oh, um, so that was my single best scene. And it's, I've watched it like five times. Like, I just like mm-hmm. keep going back and watching that scene on YouTube. 
Um, and then I have two follow-up. One is just like a very quick moment was Otis telling his mom about Maeve and just like, I don't know what love is, but if I, if I, if it is what I think it is, then I love a girl called Maeve and her being like, I'd like to meet her. I thought that scene was I sweet. I thought it was really sweet. Although I was like, wait a second. She's never, no, they've never filmed the scene together and he's never talked about her. Yeah. Like it, like when he said it, I believed him, but I was like, this, this is weird. (laughs) I agree. I thought it was weird too, but I read an interview that Emma Mackey who plays Maeve did where she was like, I would love to do a scene with Jillian. Like we've worked together for three years and we've never been on camera. Like, I think they like kind of like were in like group scenes when she was at the school, but Otis has always kind of kept Maeve like to himself, you know? Yeah. It's weird though that like. And they've never dated. (laughs) Well, they never date. Well, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, because they never dated, it's weird that she wouldn't even have just come up because he wouldn't have been afraid to share that with his mom since they weren't romantic, but I guess he's always kind of been interested in her. So. Yeah. And I mean, they did have like, and they did have like sweet moments. I'm not going to be talking about any of them, but like, I loved their little goodbye. Um, and I'm glad she went to yeah. America. Like that's mm-hmm. sure, sure, sure. her character. It would have been weird if she stayed and like put her education behind a boy. Like she would have never. And yeah. then the other thing I fucking loved and have thought about since the season ended, which is like Adam's poem. I oh, yeah. loved Adam's poem. I thought it was so like, beautifully heartbreaking I love that he gave it to Raheem and it played as kind of like the overlay with the like Mm -hmm. I didn't know I had a heart until you broke it like I thought that was like maybe that was why I love Adam so much this season is that like he really did become a vulnerable character um but I did like the use of like poetry throughout the episodes like Raheem and him Mm -hmm. talking about it being like I think it's dumb and then by the end of it writing like an actually like good like heartfelt poem about being grateful for the boy who showed him that he had a heart yeah like that's so sweet like heartbreak like that's so sad um and that happened at the same time as the dog that was like playing in the the poem was playing as the dog shows simultaneously yeah yeah but anyway very happy overall that we got another season of sex education it was worth the wait Mm mm-hmm if you're on the fence about the show and you've somehow listened to this entire podcast episode, please watch it. It's more than just vaginas and dicks. I swear it is more than just sex. Yeah, it is. Even though season three does start out real hot. Real hot and heavy. You and I were watching it together (laughs) and it was like silence and you were like, do you think they got a note from Netflix that there needed to be more sex? I was like, I I think so. (laughs) I was like, every character is like, aggressively having sex and like so close to camera and like just just more than normal right mm-hmm. it doesn't normally start off so in your face no there's, I, I, think I there's... actually season two started like close-ups of just like Otis jacking off everywhere to oh right and then it like had G- but like maybe the seasons just started up that way but I'm pretty sure there's like entire episodes with like not even a nipple out this once season, it gets to the middle yeah you know? this season maybe was not less, season three but this season was less like um 
like graphic. Yeah, uh, and maybe it's because there was no sex clinic. Like we weren't yeah, getting those. Because like, like, remember that one episode that was just like Ruby's vagina all the time? <laughs> yes. And then like Adam's dick being the pilot. Anyway, enough about sex ed. We love it. We recommend it, obviously. Um, Soph, what is your recommendation for the people this week? Okay, my recommendation this week is my favorite Brooklyn, or excuse me, my favorite bagel place called Brooklyn Bagel. They can ship New York bagels to you by the dozen. Yeah. And I have recently started to do it as a gift. Um, they do have a, they can do two different kinds. They can do par-baked and those come with cream cheese because the whole box is like dry iced frozen. Um, but you have to bake the bagels like at your house. Mm -hmm. Um, but it does come with the good cream cheese or you can get already baked ones, um, like fully baked ones. Like a dozen is like $40 or something like it's not bad um and shipping's included on that one um and you don't get the good cream cheese because it's like not refrigerated but um the bagels are so good and um it's just I've now sent it as a gift twice and it's just like so easy little New York thing and they are like legit my favorite bagels so that's awesome so the ones that come frozen you can like cook them as you go right like you could put the ones you don't use like in the free like I think so yeah yeah and I put fully baked I have two bagels in my freezer right now. You can put the fully baked ones in all bread can be frozen. I guess um, that's true. Yes. But yeah, I don't actually know about the dough. They started with that. Like during the, when the pandemic happened, they started with that version, mm-hmm. the like par baked with the, with the cream cheese, because obviously all the stores in the city were shut for a while. Um, they only added the fully baked ones. Like, at the end of the summer, I want to say. And I was like, oh, well, that's way easier. Yeah. They're already baked. It doesn't have to be kept cold. You don't need someone to sign for it. And the shipping on the hard baked ones is insane. It's like $25 or something like that. Oh, so it ends yeah. up being like $75 or $80, I think, for that one. No, it's like 50 something. You could just go um, buy expensive cream cheese. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> for the um, ones that are already baked. I know, or make up for the- Google how to make bodega yeah. cream cheese or deli cream cheese, I guess, whatever. It's like, you can just buy whipped cream cheese. It's like sort of similar. Um, that was my favorite part yeah. of, our, of our trip in New York was we got, we got a bagel both days. And we did go to Carbone. We ate really well whenever I was in New York this last time. <laughs> we did. Um, yeah, I, I don't, get in the weeds about most of the New York food, like the pizza, the sushi, whatever, like it's all, I'm good with whatever, but yeah, the bagels I'm very picky about. <laughs> um, but okay, what's your recommendation? So my recommendation is a TikTok um, account. It's M doodles and stuff. And she is fascinating to me because she's like a mom who goes and does like deep dives of Instagram, of Instagrammers particularly Mormon Instagrammers who are pregnant and predicts what their baby name will be based off of their like previous children aesthetic like she came through my for you page or did you send her to me I might have sent it to you she's going to do Amber Filler up Amber Filler up's pregnant with her fourth child and so she like 
commented like this would be like the greatest thing ever and the girl was like definitely doing it but it's been really interesting to see because now she has like a few backlogged um like how close she actually gets like I think she was one letter off on one of the people's babies and so and then she also does like she's like a graphic like she'll draw so she did like Mm. if the American Girl doll Kristen went to the Met Ball like what she would wear so it's just like kind of a fun account yeah um but I'm very fascinated by her thought process when going through and doing Mormon mommy bloggers or just really any mommy blogger like and their Mm. aesthetic and like I think like one of the good, there was like Cove, like it's just very, the names she comes up with are like insane and they're like not wrong. So anyway, that's my recommendation. Very random, but um, I haven't been, (laughs) anytime I volunteer up a TikTok, that means that I have like wasted a Saturday just like scrolling TikTok. But yeah, Um, there is a little bit of news for sex education before we sign off. It was renewed for season four um, after season three had only been out one week, which is amazing and also insane since we still haven't heard. I mean, maybe when this episode comes out, we will have heard, but we still haven't heard the status of Outer Banks. Yeah, And so like shocking to me that sex education already got renewed, but because it is like my favorite show, my favorite Netflix original show, very thrilled. Of course. But that's it for us this week. I'm wearing so much um, single bus scene merch right now. I'm wearing my sweatshirt and I've got swag. my swag. I'm so sad I lost that water bottle. The hydro flask? Uh, I or lost the one I had a pink the Yeti. Oh. I had a pink Yeti with a sticker on it and I left it on a plane like someone's six months got, ago. Someone's got our branded merch out in the world. Hopefully people are listening. If if you found our podcast off of a hot pink Yeti water bottle, will you please DM the account? Please DM the account. Please give my good water bottle back. And feel free to also keep listening. (laughs) Yeah, listen to the podcast. Give us five stars. The whole string. All of it. (laughs) But all right. Well, we'll see y'all in two weeks. Yep. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.